Habakkuk. Uh, my favorite passage, my favorite book in the whole Bible. One of my favorites, but this is my first favorite. And then Ezra 7.10. But Habakkuk was a very important, integral part of the naming of this church and the naming of everything I do. Uh, I just love that word vision. Amen. For where there's no word, the people will perish. For where there's no vision, the people will perish. And we find here in our Bibles um, that Habakkuk is writing at a time of trouble. Amen. And I'm starting a two-part series today. I'll preach one this week and one next week. And then, then we'll, we'll go on to the, to the deeper series. Amen. We're, we're going into a new series entitled Deeper. All right, Habakkuk chapter uh, chapter three. I want to look at verse uh, sixteen and seventeen. Just sixteen and seventeen today. He says, "I heard, and my inward parts trembled. At lips quivered. Decay entered my bones, and in my place I trembled." Because I must wait quietly for the day of distress. For people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom. And there be no fruit on its vines. Though the yield of the olive should fail. And the fields produce no food. Though the flock should be cut off from the foal and there be no cattles in the stalls. And I'm going to just slip into the next verse. Yet, we're going to stop right there. I'll deal with that next week. Yet, amen. I want to talk about this morning, Survival Guide 101. How to survive in a recession. Now, I need to clarify and um, actually define, if you would, um, what I mean by recession. But I want to talk to you about survival. Um, life is full of swift transitions. As you've noticed, there's some things that we just can't there's some things that we just cannot do anything about. You can protest, you can email, you can you can go by the gas station and get mad and kick the pump if you want. But the bottom line is things are changing right before your eyes. And so rather than complain about it, I want to introduce you to life's survival guide. And, and, and for all of us, we need a survival guide. We need to know how to survive in times like this. Recessions, in my opinion, seems to occur very often. Uh, regularly, most have said every 10 years, we will slip into what's called uh, inflation, not recession. And so while people are unhappy right now because 
the inflation rate is usually about 4% on a, on a bad day. Right now, we're pushing 8.3%. I wish I had somebody. Inflation is when the rate of increase in prices go, go up over a period of time. Well, we saw in weeks, it's been going up and up. Uh, interest rate has went up. And the reason why they're raising the interest rate is so that they can slow down people from borrowing. Did you know that? That's how that works. That's why they do it. Tell your neighbor, Survivor Guide 101. Amen. I'm giving you some information that you're going to take with you. So while inflation is the rate of increase in prices, a recession now is something different. Are you with me? So with a recession... What you have is right after recession comes depression. If you listen to the news, they, are, they will tell you, they'll put you in a panic to make you think that we're heading to a recession. But it's always inflation, recession, then depression. Are you with me? Now, the last time that we've had an inflation rate this high was back in 1982. Are you with me? Now we find ourselves in a time where things are tough. Are you with me? And not only do we have all of these economic difficulties, but now we have COVID-19. Come on, somebody. We have car shortages because of COVID-19. We have a shortage on materials, a shortage on everything. So everything is going up. But what do you do? Hallelujah. What do you do as a believer? How do you keep your faith from falling apart? How do you face these days in your life where everything seems to be getting out of control? Here's the question. Does God know about it? He does. Does God want us to just turn and look another way? No. You and I are being affected by what's going on. Anybody here being affected by it? Amen. I mean, listen, it, it may not be a lot, but, but you're being affected. Six, I never thought I'd put $60 in gas in my gas tank and it just moved to the middle. I wish I had somebody. Amen. A lot of, lot, of, lot of people are buying off-brand rather than hamburger helper. They're getting something burger helper. <laughs> rather than getting 100% grade A, they're getting 30% grade A. Because adjustments need to be made. Things need to be restructured. And if you're not having a conversation with your spouse about spending, then you got a problem. Are you with me? Because things are not where they used to be. But what do we do? How do we survive? 
Well, we find Habakkuk is in almost the same situation. He, 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 here's a man who is a prophet who his name means to embrace, to hug. He was a compassionate prophet. But in his compassion, he had questions for God. He's, he questioned God because he, he was born at a time and he was, he was sent on a mission at a time when things were tough. Amen. His problem was a theodicity. A theodicity is this, a divine justice. He, he was almost in awe at what was going on and he was in awe because he could not understand how God could allow things to get this bad. I believe most of the pastors in Houston yesterday was rocked, shocked at the fact that another fellow pastor was robbed and killed yesterday. Prominent guy, well known, but it happened. And then we ask the question, God, come on somebody. We, we go to Uvalde, Texas, and we see what's happening. We go to Buffalo, New York, we see what's happening. We go around this country and we're asking, I don't know if you're asking questions, but what, what, what this problem that he had was God's asking God for divine justice. Asking God the question, why does the wicked go unpunished? Why do they seem like they're prospering when it seems like the righteous, hallelujah, has no vindication? They're going up on my rent, but they're not going up on their rent. Come on, Lord. He was perplexed about the judgment. Habakkuk summed it up with questions. He asked the question, God, why is the wicked not, not, not judged? If you look at verse 5 of chapter 1, well, actually, if you look at verse 1 of chapter 1, he says it right there. He says, Lord, uh, the oracle of Habakkuk, the prophet saw, how long? Anybody ever been there? How long, O oh Lord, will I call for help and you will not? Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, somebody. How long will I call? How long will I pray? How long am I praying, God? And it seems like every time I pray, it gets worse. Lord, how long? How long will I cry out to you, violence, yet you do not save? Look, look, look at verse 3. Some of us feel like this. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Habakkuk is asking the question, God, what's up with this? See? Well, that was his complaint in chapter 1. But in chapter 2, we find that God answers. Are you with me? God answers him 
And God says this to him. Um, Habakkuk, I want you to stand on your guard post. Station yourself on the rampart and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Are you with me? And how I may reply when I'm reproved. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 is key. He says, then the Lord answered me. Now let me help somebody with something. In a recession, you got to get ready for the answer. Because the answer that you may be looking for may not be the one you want to hear. And what I love about God, no matter how bad it may get, we have to accept what he's allowed, but he will sustain you in the midst of it all. You got to remind yourself of that, that all is not over until God says it's over. Are you with me? Look what he says. He says, the Lord answered and said, man, record this thing. This is why I want to encourage you all to start taking notes in church. Bring your real Bible. Don't bring, get, get off your phone. And let me say this. If you're on your phone, put it in airplane mode. Because we're taking flight here. I'm talking about in church. And you don't need no distractions that will interfere. Watch this with the pilot's instruments while we are taking flight to another stratosphere. You can't tell me why you're taking notes on your phone in church, watch this, that it ain't just going off. Distracting you from what God is trying to deliver to you. Are you following me? Watch this, get you a paper Bible. If you need one, we got some. Are you with me? Because it's important that you focus in on this survival guide. Watch what he says. He says, record it. Take notes. He says, inscribe it on the tablet that the one who reads it may run. Watch verse 3. For the vision is yet. For what? For the appointed time. Watch this. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Watch this. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. What is God saying? God is saying in due time, Habakkuk. I know what it looks like right now. I know why you're tripping. I know why you're asking. And there's nothing wrong with asking, but check this out. You got to have the faith to hold on. You have to have the trust to hold on. But can I help somebody with something? Even if you don't see it happening, keep writing the vision. Keep recording what God is trying to deliver to you now in this season because God is speaking. You just got to be listening. Are you with me? We didn't just come to church to sing. We came to get information so that we can walk out with application. And that's the only way that the word of God can work in your life is if you do it. Are you following me? Listen, we can quote it all day. But until we start living it, it won't work. God told Habakkuk, I understand why you're provoked. I know why you feel the way you do. Sometimes, anybody got questions? Sometimes you're wondering why. And then you're saying, how long? And God said, just write it down.
Take note of it. Take note of it. Write it down. Pay attention to what. Can I ask you a question? What is God saying to you this morning? Right now. If you don't have a pen, how can you record it? You ain't going to remember it. Watch the text. We get on down to chapter 3 now. After God corrects him. Right? Look at verse. Look look, look at verse. uh, Look at verse 18 real quick. Just in case you feel like you're not hearing from God. What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it or an image or an image, a teacher of falsehood for it to make a trust in his own what? Handiwork when he fashions speechless idols. You know what they were doing? They were turning to idols. You know what we do? We do the same thing. We turn to our cars, our homes, or whatever we're doing, and we make it our idol. We think that Bitcoin is going to get us out of trouble. We think that the, that this is going to get us out of, out of our mess. We think that that is going to get us out of our mess. None of that stuff has life. Listen, listen, listen. Money, money is a good slave, but it's a terrible master. And as I said to the men last week, you cannot get caught up in currency. Because the currency of life will get you caught up. Are you with me? And Jesus says it's hard to serve two masters. Either you're going to serve one or hate the other. But check this out. Habakkuk now moves from panic to prayer. Tell your neighbor... You got to pray. And, and so, and so he goes on. Let me get on down the road. I got 19 minutes. Watch this. He says, he says, if you look at it real quick, if you look at the top of verse, verse three, chapter three, it says a prayer, a prayer. Now notice that he went from complaining to praying. Make sure after you complain, you end up praying. <laughs> He says a prayer of Habakkuk, the, 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 the prophet according to Siganoth. Now, the word, the word Siganoth there is, it means a prayer with rhythm. A prayer that makes you twirl around. A prayer that gets so intense that you get caught up in it like a whirlwind. I wish I had somebody. You get so deep into this prayer because of the revelation that you got from God's word that God revealed to you to say to you, write the vision. He says, I'm doing something in your day. If I would have told you, you wouldn't believe it. That's why you got to write it down. It may not make sense now. Hey. But can I help somebody with something? It's going to make sense later. And, and soon enough, you'll know exactly what to do. Are you with me? Watch the text. Watch the text. We get on down to, to, to verse uh, 16. And, and, and he says, I heard. And my inward parts trembled. Now, in his prayer, he's revealing what he heard in chapter 2. But he's putting in the distress of what he heard in chapter 2 and chapter 3. He's taken his distress and he's put it in a prayer format. 
I'm trying to help somebody with something. Stop cussing and fussing about your problems and start putting your problems into a prayer format so that when you feel like you can't keep going any longer, you can pray to God about it. Do I have a witness? And so if I were to tell you what's the first thing of your survival guide, it would be this. First thing we need to do is pray. That's how you survive. Pray with faith. See, here's the thing, y'all. We pray, but it's absent of faith. Because it takes faith to believe when you see all this stuff happening. Some of us don't even care about inflation and we don't care about recession. We, that ain't God going to take care of you. That ain't bothering me. You better get in the know because it is affecting you. Are you with me? And the first person we try to cut off is God. The first place we stop frequenting in a recession is church. Why? Because we need overtime. We need a second job. We need a third job. We need a side hustle so that we can pay something off. That ain't how you do it. You pray. But you got to pray with faith. He says, when I heard my inward parts trembled at the sound, my lips quivered. You know why his lips quivered? Because things are getting ready to get bad. No matter what it may look like, stay persistent. Stay consistent in your prayer. But it has to be prayer accompanied with faith. What is faith? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, but yet not seen. I don't see it right now. But I know that there's a God who is not an idol. Who is not made out of wood. Who's not made, hallelujah, out of metal. But a God who's personal. A God that you can call on in the midst of whatever you're going through. But see, I I, I often ask myself a question, God, are you hearing my prayer? And it's so amazing that when prayer is mixed with faith, I wish I had somebody. What you have is a formula. What you have is a nuclear bomb. I wish I had somebody. Because when you mix prayer with faith, the Bible declares it's like Deuteronomy's power. That's an atomic bomb. Whatever it seems like you can't get through, you have to not just pray but you got to pray with faith. And then you say, well, pastor, I don't know if I have faith. Well, you got to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, pork chop done went up. Chicken prices done went up. Beef done went up. Even hot dogs went up. But I thank God that I can pray with faith and believe that when I walk in the store 
there just might be a coupon, a sale, the manager's special. Something is going to happen because I believe by faith it will happen. Do I have witness? You see, Habakkuk had every reason. Listen, listen, y'all. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but all of this violence is making me a little nervous. Okay? But when I get in my car, I got to have faith that I don't let my road rage spirit. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. React to another person's road rage spirit. And then somebody end up getting killed. So what God is doing is like, hey, you better calm down. You better settle down. You better pray. Watch this because that's what's happening right now. And you don't have to go looking for trouble. It's going to come look for you. In a time of recession, people panic. I'm getting to the point. Watch, I'm getting, watch this. Watch what he says now. Watch what he says. He says, why, why is my bone quivering? He says, for I, look at 16. For I must, notice, because I must. What? Wait how? Tell your neighbor it's going to happen. I must wait quietly for what? For the day of distress, for the people to arise who will what? So what's the next thing we got to do? Patiently wait along with faith. I'm going to go along with faith again. Patiently wait. You got to wait. But in waiting, you got to have faith while you're along with, listen, watch this. Some of us wait and then we say, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of waiting. No, you have to wait with faith. Hold on. It's going to happen. Don't be so anxious about what you see happening. Notice he's waiting for what? He ain't waiting for something good to happen. He says, God told him, I'm got to do this. It's going to happen. As, and, and if you join me in my Revelation series, you'll find out that this is supposed to happen. We are living in the last days. And the Bible says it's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. So how are we going to survive? Hey, we're going to survive with the word of God. We're going to survive by getting into God's word and recording what God reveals to you and then taking it with you so you can survive out there. You're not going to get caught up, hallelujah, in stuff. But you're going to get caught up in trusting God. Do I have anybody? He says, I have to patiently wait for the Lord. Verse 17 says, though the fig tree should not blossom. Let me tell you figuratively what the fig tree is symbolic of. Write it down. The fig tree blossoming, it symbolized a good life. Wherever there were fig trees blossoming, it meant that life was good. But 
Just like in Revelation, when the land is affected so that it can't produce blossoming fig trees, watch this, it's the same thing that's happening today. And if we were to tie this into what's happening today, it's our economy. Our economy is not blossoming. Our economy is actually plummeting. Are you with me? To have blossoming fig trees mean, means that you had a settled life. You had an easy life. And so if I were to tell you what would you do next, I would say this. You've got to put away panic. If the fig trees are not blossoming, if life is unsettled right now, you have to put away panic. Can I help somebody with something? When you panic, you're saying that God can't fix it. When you panic, it's you saying to God, I got this. And here's a reason why you shouldn't panic. Because God is going to make a way anyhow. And he's already told you to write the vision. Make it plain. Though it tarries, wait for it. Do I have anybody here today who want to wait for it? Who's not going to panic? Yeah, you go to the pump. And all I hear at the pump is how much I have in fuel points. So I can get 10 cents off. So I can get 20 cents off. But I stopped by to tell you, be patient. The Lord is going to give you the wisdom to make it through a time like this. I stopped by to tell you, you got to trust God. Even though life may be unsettling. And it's in time like this that everything start breaking. Everything stop working. Folks start tripping. But I stopped by to tell you. You got to trust God with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. But you got to be patient. You can't panic. Come on, somebody. The text, the text says the fig tree is not blossoming anymore. Then he says, there be no fruit on the vine. Now the vine, the vine is symbolic of wealth and increase. Wealth. So here's the thing. In those days, if your vines were not producing, it meant you were in trouble. It meant you couldn't make a living. It meant that times were tough. And, and, and if I were to say this to you today, I would say you got to put away panic. But here's the next thing. Let me give you something practical. Because see, here's the thing. Here's what I found out about people. Uh, people want spiritual solutions, but they don't want practical principles. They want God to genium, but they don't want to do something along with the faith that they have. So they want, oh, I'll pray about it. And then they ain't doing nothing about it. The Bible says, ask, seek, knock. Hello, somebody. So if I ask God for something, I got to go seeking for it. And then I got to go knock on some doors to get it. Don't you be ashamed to ask. 
Because if you take the acronym, it means ask. Come on, somebody. And so when there's no increase, you and I need wisdom. So here's what you need to do. Put a limit on your spending. Real practical. Look at your debits. How much are you eating now? Come on, y'all. Look, look at your budget and see how you're spending your money because the way you spend your money shows what type of person you are. But you got to put a limit on your spending. Praying without proper action is a sign of failure. I'm going to say it one more time. Praying without proper action is a sign of failure. Patience without prioritizing will eventually leave you frustrated. So yeah, maybe you can't go out every week. Maybe you can go out once a month. That's self-discipline. Because in a recession, it ain't going to get no better. But God is going to keep supplying you what you need. But you got to put, listen, you may, you may need to scale back on some stuff. You may need to cut off some of those subscriptions that you have that you've been paying forever that you really ain't using. Are you with me? Some of you are scared to cut off your cable. Like you're going to miss something. Scared to cut off your satellite when you got YouTube and you got all these alternative places that you could, you got an antenna that can give you some digital channels. Come on, somebody. But you're scared to let go of direct TV. I remember when I had that problem. You see, I, I had to put a, I had to put, I had to put some limits on my spending because I realized that as things were getting bad, Amen. I needed extra money. And then the other thing you need to do, you ready? Is put a name on every dollar. Write that down. Put a name on every dollar. If you've never been to my financial freedom class, you don't know what that means. In other words, when you get paid, give every dollar a name. Air market to where it needs to go so you have some practical principles that you can apply to your, to your life. But watch the text. The text says that's the, that's the vine. But check this out. This is tough right here. Though the yield of the olive should fail. Now let me tell you what oil represents. It signifies divine blessings. And here's the most important point in a recession. Because a lot of times what we do in a recession after we've panicked and after we have not put a limit on our spending, we mess with our divine blessing. So give me the next point. Plan, save, and what? This ain't the time not to tithe. I'm going to say it one more time. This is not the time not to tithe. Because when you hold back in a recession, 
your divine blessings becomes tainted because of lack of trust. I'll never forget when we went through that in, in 2011, the, the, that, that whole thing in 2011. I gave more in a recession because I did not want my yield to stop. Tell your neighbor, you got to keep on giving. But look, you got to save. You got to plan. If you work every week and you don't put something up for yourself, what are you doing? It's not that we don't have enough money. It's that we don't give every dollar a name. And we don't plan. We don't save. So in other words, if if we're going out, if we step out, we say we're going to go out. And you say, hey, want to go out with me? Well, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my envelopes. I'm saying, well, no, I'm sorry. I can't make that one. And then if we go out and you say, okay, I'm looking for the what I can afford on the menu. Because every dollar has a name. So I have a category called blow money. You understand? And blow money is if it's just that reason to blow. But in a recession, it's hard to put up a lot more blow money. So I have to redirect my blow money to my gas money. Wish I had somebody. Tell you, David, that's planning. And it's called strategic planning. By the way, I couldn't find a P word there. It's strategic and when you strategically plan, you you aren't gonna walk out, walk around stressed out. You'll always have money in your pocket. But if you're not tithing, you're in trouble. He says, though the what olive tree may not what. Oh, I'm over my time. Shoot. Uh, though the yield of the olive should fail, and let me go on and sit down. And, 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 and the fields, now watch this, now watch this, now watch this, this part, this part. Listen, people display faith when they can rejoice in the Lord despite losses among their olive trees. No olive, listen, no olive means hard times. All right? Habakkuk already complained, but now he's praying. I'm going to say it one more time. He's praying, he's planning, he's saving, and he's giving. That's what he's doing. Watch this. Here's, 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 let, let me show you, let me show you how this works. Watch this. Here's why I say this. Elisha was at the brook called Shereth. Y'all got some Bible readers here? What happened to the brook? The raven, God used a scavenger bird to feed him. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. God used a scavenger bird to... Y'all missing the point of the scavenger bird. The scavenger bird only thinks about himself and what it can eat. But God used him to supply the man of God food. But watch this though. Watch this. Then when the brook dried up, where did he send him? He sent him to a widow woman who had a little bit of oil left. I'm going to say it one more time. She said, all I have is a little bit. And what I have, hey, 
It can only last for me and my son. And are you asking me to give you, the man of God, a love offering? Do you not know we're about to die? Come on, somebody. But what I'm asking you to do, watch this, it looks impossible. But I stop by to tell you, it's in times like this. It's where you don't shortchange God. You actually do more for God. Because the Bible says that she took that jaw. Come on, somebody. And she decided that she was going to bless the man of God. And she went into a room and she started pouring oil. The Bible says that the oil just kept flowing. Do I have somebody? It not, it's not going to look the way we wanted to look. God's ways are not our ways. It's in a barren season. It's in a recession where we have the survival guide. Do I have a witness? You got to pray with faith. You got to patiently wait. Ha! You got to put away panic. You got to put a limit on your spending. You got to plan, save, and give to God. But the last thing you got to do, you got to put your trust in God completely. Do I have a witness? Why did he say the flocks were cut off? There was no cattle in the stall. The reason why he said there was no cattle in the stall. There was no fruits or produce in the field. It is because they were invaded by their enemies. Their enemies came in and stole their cattle. They stole their cows. But Habakkuk knew about a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Do I have a witness here? Do I have anybody here who's going to trust in the Lord with all your heart? You're going to keep on keeping on. You're going to pray. You're going to watch. You're going to fight. You're going to say, God, I will trust you in the midst of a recession. I'm not going to walk around with my head hung low. Why? Because God has been good to me. Do I have somebody here who can testify that God has been good to me? Won't he do it, y'all? Won't he do it? Woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. Put food on my table. In the midst of what I'm going through. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He's a good God. He's El Elyon. He's El Shaddai. He's a way out of no way. He's a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Do you know him? Have you tried him? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. He's a good God. He's a mighty Savior. 
He's a prince of peace. He's my deliverer. He's my comforter. He'll bring us through. We're going to make it in this recession, in this inflation. We're going to make it. Say yeah. Say yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, I'll obey. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah to his holy name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. Come on and tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've been real good. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. I know I wanted to give up, but thanks be to the Lord. I'm not looking around. I don't care what it looked like. I know one thing. The God I serve is bigger. He's better. He's better than anything in this world. Say yeah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When you burn a CD, you take music or movie and you pass it on so that the other disc has precisely what was originally disced what the original disc was being burnt. So when you take this CD and you burn another CD, you're taking the original and you're making a copy. It's a copy of what was original. Satan does the same thing. When he burns his thoughts into your thinking, so that we think his thoughts after him. His goal is to get us to do this over. He wants us to duplicate it over and over. He wants to burn so deeply those thoughts of doubt, despair, lack of trust, his thinking. Which actually starts with a suggestion. Turns our thinking in the way he wants us to live. That's called incorrect thinking. And can I tell you something? What incorrect thinking does? It affects your actions. It affects the way you live. Saints, let me say this to you. You cannot live. The Bible says that you are God's special people. But if you don't think those thoughts about yourself. If you don't have those thoughts in your mind that I am who God says I am. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am a child of God. 
You know what's amazing about having a survival guide? Sometimes we don't even know where it is. Sometimes we want to believe. But Satan has burnt, he's duplicated in our mind his disc. Until you hit that eject button and throw it away and make yourself incompatible with him so that if he takes a disc again and try to put it in it won't work because it's incompatible so how do I do that pastor you have to start meditating on God's word I ain't give you nothing this is real practical this is not this no so deep this ain't so deep that you can't get a baby can get this but oftentimes we want so much deep stuff that we ain't ready for it. But just try to apply the practical stuff. Plan. Save. Practical. Will this church go under in this recession? I don't think so. I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I need you to start planning for your promotion. Planning to get your raise. Planning to go higher. Planning to to become more successful than you are now. In the recession. See, but your mindset, some of us, our mindset is how. Quit worrying about the how. And know who is in control. I go to work. I don't serve my job. I serve God. And when the job becomes your God, then that's where the problem comes in. But if you use the job as a means to an end, God will give you joy in the journey. If you need prayer this morning, I want to pray for you.